Obsessed is the wrong word, but I, I'm a fan of Chastain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be, and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week we have a new release review. We're talking about Miss Sloan, and we have a brand new guest because my regular co-host lives in the sticks in Kentucky, where apparently they don't watch movies like Miss Sloan. Uh, so, uh, instead I have a brand new guest, uh, Marcelo Pico, um, who is a podcaster and, and a writer, I believe. And in my research, I found that he loves Billy Lynn's halftime, long halftime walk and is not impressed by hell or high water. So that's your, that's your introduction. So, uh, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for that intro, David. (laughs) Uh, Yes, all that is true. Um, I I run a website, talkfromsociety.com, and I, I do not care for hell or high water. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your, your website and your podcast, why don't you let people know uh, where they can find that? We, we recently launched a, a website filled with a movie, uh, movie reviews and a movie analysis uh, called talkfromsociety.com. And I've been podcasting for about two years now, and all, all those podcasts are up on the website. Uh, I, I, I've lost track of how many podcasts uh, I've done uh, <laughs> since I started about two years ago. Um, there's the Talk From Society podcast. There's Hey, What You Watching? There's the podcast where it happens. Uh, sorry, the podcast where it happens, which is a Hamilton podcast. Uh, but yeah, the list goes on and on. Uh, just find them all at uh, talkfromsociety.com. All right. Sounds good. I actually listened to one of them yesterday. I listened to uh, the latest episode of What You're Watching and definitely enjoyed it. So you should definitely go check that podcast out and that website out. All right. So now it's time to talk about Miss Sloan. So this week on the show earlier, we covered a another uh, movie with the same star and the same director. We talked about The Debt. Uh, so now we're on to Miss Sloan. So, Marcelo, why don't you go first? What are your general thoughts on Miss Sloan? Did you did you enjoy the experience? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, Miss Sloan is. Uh, I, I wrote a, I wrote a review for it on the website on talkfromside.com, and I basically said it's it, it's it's a tailor made role for Jessica Chastain. Like it's mm-hmm. it's her movie. To uh, all the weight of it is on her shoulders, and she carries it. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from from that aspect of it. Yeah, I had the same reaction. I think I was texting a friend of mine and just started calling the movie Miss Chastain because that's this is essentially <laughs> like if you if you get a lesser actress in this role because I think honestly she's one of the best working right now. If you put a lesser actress in this role, I'm not sure it works because uh, she's a character that I think is usually like if this movie was made ten years ago or even five years ago, this is probably played by a man. Like a lot of the stuff that she does. You somehow have to feel some empathy for her, despite the fact that she's not the most likable character uh, and not even the most likable character on screen. Like <laughs> there are many other people that you're like, oh, I can see why Mark Strong's doing what he's doing. Gugu Mbatha Ross seems like she's a really good person and someone you want to root for. And Miss Sloan is not necessarily that person, but because she is so good in her few moments uh, where the veneer cracks a little bit, you do care about her, I think, from the opening frame to the closing frame. Yeah, absolutely. 
and it's 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 another leading role from her in which we need more of like in in the yes. last few years uh she's been uh in 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 the supporting casts i mean in, and not that it's a bad thing but yeah but her being up front like this yeah we need more of it cuz i think the last time she was up front she was just she was the co-lead in um the disappearance of eleanor rigby and that was pretty right. good as well yeah, yeah. but yeah more m- more leading chestain please yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. So aside from Jessica Chastain, what did you think of the movie like as far as its structure? Did it did it work for you or did it feel like this is this is a path we've gone down before? Yeah, I, I think mostly it works. I, I think it does. Yeah, it, 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 it presents itself as a political filler uh, with like flashbacks and all that. It's something we've seen before. And yeah, yeah a few twists I've, I, I saw coming a mile away. But I don't, you know, I I think it works for the most part. I, I think it does. It's uh, again, I mean, the, the the main attraction to me for this is Chastain, and the plot is second. So, right. But I think the plot, <laughs> I think the plot carries carries enough and has enough weight to it that I was I was interested in it by the end. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, right. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if anything, like the script is its weak point, but it's lucky in two ways. It's lucky that Jessica Chastain is heading up this film, and it's lucky that there's a lot of really great character actors uh, kind of surrounding right. her in this film. I mean, whether you're talking about Mark Strong or Michael Stuhlbarg or John Lithgow or Allison Pill, and none of them, I don't think, uh, overstays their welcome, and none of them, none of them really try and steal the spotlight. I think. I think uh, Liskow always gets close to that because that's just kind of his acting style nowadays is he's kind of big and bombastic. Uh, but I think it fits with this role. So I think he's well cast. But did any of the the kind of side characters or the character actors, did any of them stand out to you as being particularly good or on the other side, particularly bad? Uh, I don't think anybody was particularly bad, which is which is a good thing. It, they, and a rarity a nice, in a movie like this. Yeah, a rarity. Yeah, a solid supporting cast. And I, I I loved all those faces, uh, seeing them all together on screen. But my favorite is Mark Strong, who, who with Chastain, they're having a Zero Dark Thirty reunion. Um, yep. he, he was like one of the – I think he was in maybe just one or two scenes in Zero Dark Thirty, and he kind of blew me away in that. And he's always been a supporting character in all the movies he's in that just is, is like, a, like a favorite of mine. So yeah, him, him being in this, kind of like the – the 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 second build he yeah I I I, I liked him he, he was like the the boss of Chastain and kind of like try to keep her in line and of course uh, he's in the dark and uh, he's he's good at playing that type of you know secondary role and yeah mm-hmm. uh, again I love Mark Strong so th- this is a good Mark Strong role yeah I totally agree and he's one of those actors that. Uh, he's quickly becoming someone that if he's in a movie, I'm probably going to watch it because even if the movie itself isn't good, I know we're going to get a good performance from him. Like I can't – I think my introduction to him was being in Sherlock Holmes of all things and I was like, who is this guy? And then started to see oh, yeah. more of his work and then it was like, oh, this guy isn't just like a, a good villain. Like This guy is a really good actor and also does really well with uh, with different accents and hiding his own accent. Like there's never a moment in the film where you're like, eh, this isn't convincing. I know what Mark Strong sounds like, which is kind of impressive in its own right. And I love the fact that we have – we have two real moral centers of the film in Mark Strong's character and Gugu and Ra. Uh, but they're both very different. 
they both come from different places. One of them, I think Mark Strong's character is more of from this perspective of this is right no matter what the situation, whereas Gugumbatha Rod's character has this kind of complication of there's something maybe personal that has happened in her past that is affecting what's going on, and she's worried that people won't take her seriously because of that. So I like that we have both angles of that in this film. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, that, like I love that angle of it, and I also love how – uh, Alison Pill and Michael uh, Strawberg and Sam Watterson are on the other side. Mm-hmm. They're basically the villains with the gun lobby, and that's that, that's one hell of a like cast right there. Just just that yeah. that group of people. I mean, Sam Watterson, he's essentially playing the type of character he's been playing for the last few years. I mean, I think he kind of played this role in that TV show with also with Alison Pill, uh, the newsroom, I think. Yeah, similar. Um, but you know, but but they, but they're still. I mean, they they don't. You know, uh, they're still there to play. They they, they still have like, great little moments. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, like the supporting cast is is uh, does their job. They're 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 pretty great to look at. Right. I think in a movie like this, though, the one big worry I had going in is anytime. Anytime you've got a movie about the gun lobby, like it's very easy to just make them mustache twirling, cackling villains, right? So do you how do you think this movie handled that? Like either from the actual gun lobby or from the from the people like supporting them, like Michael Stuhlgaard and like uh Sam Watterson. Do you feel like this movie treated them like real characters or did they become just the foil for Miss Sloan? Uh I think the 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 gun lobby uh, the, the 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 firm that Chastain well the film starts with Chastain on that big firm about to you know support this this gun lobby and then she jumps ship goes to a smaller firm works works with Mark Strong uh, so the big firm I I I like how they're more clear minded in that they're not pure evil you know <laughs> right but 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 yeah but 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 the but the main uh, uh, gun lobby proponents. Uh, who they're working for? I, I forget the actor's name and the character's name. But he's a, an old white man. I mean, <laughs> he, he might as well just be called old yeah. white man. Like this. <laughs> he's basically the evil, you know, mustache twirling, you know, villain. Like he he is the bad guy. But uh, but but the people working at the at the big firm who are working with Gun Lobby, I like how they're not you know pure evil like that guy because <laughs> because they they begin on Chastain's side on Miss Sloan's side. They, they're working with her. Uh, you know, working on, on another case, and you and from that limited time we see them uh, working on that with Miss Sloan, you see like they're actual real characters. Like Alison Pill, she's a real character. Like like Stahlberg, he's a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, once they're villains, I mean, one, not villains. Once they're you know uh, adversaries, then you know, I, I still see like they're actual real you know three D dimensional characters. So I, I I think it works. It's not pure uh, pure evil versus pure good because I mean we can talk about Miss Sloan. Uh, right. I guess in a bit when we talk uh, spoilers, but man, the things she does. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are times when when we're not sure if we're supposed to be on her side. So yeah, the it's not black and white. I guess is my uh, my main point. So I, I think that the the film does that very well. Yeah, absolutely. I actually agree with that. I think you know the old white man you're talking about. I think is the only character who's you know kind of you know not much of a character. You're just like, oh, he's the gun lobby and he hates everybody who's against him and he wants to kind of eviscerate his opponents. Like, okay, we've seen this before, but the people supporting him, I think, uh, are much more interesting characters. And the film knows that and the film focuses on that. Um, So before we go to spoilers, there's two things I I wanted to bring up and talk to you about. Uh, One of them uh, is the fact that I think it's a really big challenge for a filmmaker to in this kind of in this climate right now to film 
a woman in a way where she is sexually desirable, but it doesn't feel pervy. It doesn't feel like the male gaze constantly on Jessica Chastain, especially given some of the some of the things that happened during the film. And I felt like John Madden did a great job with this, with making her like be attractive and be desirable, but constantly be the one in power which makes sense for that character because she's always one step ahead yeah i i totally agree uh i mean she is the lead and she's not like dressed as uh 100 of the time like the like the 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 woman like the, the sexually desired male gaze woman which is great and there are a few scenes where she actually does have sex and that's mm-hmm. and you are supposed to feel something uh, but you know other points like she is and like like you're saying before, like years ago, this would have been uh, a, a male in in the lead, and you kind of feel that way when watching, you know, most of the movie. She's just there. She she's just uh, um, uh, a character. She's not you know necessarily male or female. She's just Miss Sloan. That's that's who she is. And I think the film does that very well. Uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. It, it like like you said, John Mann does a very good job of that. And 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 I like that Chastain is working with Mann again because they worked together on the debt, mm-hmm. uh, one of Chastain's early films. So yeah, I, I love this relationship now. Where like the debt was an early film in Chastain's career, and now yeah. you know uh, you know flash forward to. I think seven, eight years later, boom, she's the lead. So yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a good relationship these two have, and I think Mad knows like the 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 type of uh, character Chastain is attached to, and this is definitely one of those Chastain characters, uh, a, a fully female empowered character. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that brings up the kind of the other thing I want to talk about, which is John Madden's direction. And I uh, I think this is probably his best directed film. Uh, I was I just watched The Debt, which I really like. Uh, I don't think it's like uh, a fantastic movie, but I think it's a really good thriller. Uh, and but there's some weaknesses there in the direction in that film. And I didn't really see many missteps here. I think I think he does a good job of balancing a large cast. Uh, there are a couple moments, like maybe 45 minutes to an hour in, where the film starts to drag just the smallest bit, but it picks up right after that. And and he knows that. That Chastain is money in the bank. So he gives her all the monologues. He gives her all the big moments, as he should. I mean, the movie is called Miss Sloan. But I think there's a lot of really good decisions made by John Madden here. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It looks, uh, you know, crisp and, and well-directed. I, I, when I was watching it, I, uh, th- this has been happening for the last few years, I guess now. Like, I see hints of, like, the social network in it. Oh, yeah. With, like, uh, with, yeah, with, with, like, office, you know, dramas like this. Which is which is fine. I, that that's just how influential the social network is or was is. Uh, but but other than that, um, I I think yeah, like, I agree with you. It it's the the pace really works, except for you know like midway point and towards the end, I was like, okay, this may be going on for a bit too much. <laughs> wrap it up, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, wrap it up. And and we'll get into it in spoilers. Like when exactly I thought that, but yeah, overall, yeah, I I was impressed with. Uh, with Madden's direction, um, yeah, I, I I like the look overall, and of course, like he knows uh, who his players are and just how how tight he needs to make the script. And of course, yeah, Miss Sloan is the lead, and he doesn't forget that. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump to spoilers, in case people are skipping the spoiler section, um, I think it's pretty obvious. I would I would recommend this movie. I think I think 2016 has been a weird year. It's a year of extremes. There's some really excellent movies, and then there's a, a lot of movies that I did not enjoy at all, and not a lot of this kind of middle ground of like kind of four star movies that are you know these are good movies but not great. Uh, so this I think this falls into that category where this is a really it was a really enjoyable two hours. I. 
I had a good time. Jessica Chastain is great. The movie has a couple faults that I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to spoilers, but well worth a watch. I, I absolutely agree with you, David. I mean, it's yeah, it's not like great, you know, four stars, right? It's not Manchester by the Sea, but but no, but but, but uh, what is by any means? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's it's enjoyable, and I know it's it's hard around this time of year, especially uh, with you know uh, people choosing what they want to see in theaters. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is uh, this is a good pick if you just want something. I, I don't I don't want to say it's like breezy, but it's it's just something good. Okay, it's something good to watch. Uh, it it it, it kind of it it does make you think. It, it is uh, politically, you know, it's a political thriller, so there's political stuff in it. So, right. you know, uh, if <laughs> if you're leaning one way, like if you are a a gun rights advocate. Or if you're, I'm sorry, if you're a fan of the Second Amendment, you may not like this movie. That that, that may be the only thing. Yeah, it's probably not going to change that, your mind about this. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, it's not going to change your mind. But you know, just saying that, it's it's yeah, uh, I agree with you, David. It's a good political thriller. And again, Chastain, I I believe she's the best working actress uh, today. So, and this is a a great role for her. Uh, Again, uh, a lead Chastain role we don't get too often nowadays, but but yeah, this is definitely worth it. Yeah, and this is something that's kind of being – there's a little soft buzz about her getting an Oscar nomination for this. And uh-huh. and if you look at the script and you look at the movie, this doesn't feel like a, a movie that uh, would get someone an Oscar nomination. And that just shows how good she is, that she really, yeah. I think, elevates the material. All yeah, right. Exactly. So now we're going to head to spoilers. Spoilers. What? Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So earlier in the review, you mentioned uh, the movie felt like it went on a little bit too long. So where do you feel like the movie optimally should have stopped and just, you know, counted its blessings and, and moved on and rolled credits? Well, I um, I uh, I like to hear uh, when you thought, but let let me answer first, and I'll give you my answer. Okay. Um, uh, the the final speech by Miss Sloan, um, uh, when when she's at that that congressional like hearing, mm-hmm. um, I felt like that like in my head that was like ten minutes long. That was maybe too long. <laughs> I yeah, I, I I mean I was like intent on listening to her and being, you know, enthralled by that speech. But but man, I thought it just dragged. I thought they could have cut. And uh, in, in all honesty, I'm not sure how it was, how long it was. Maybe three or four minutes, but it felt right. way too long. So speeches like that, I think, could have been cut down. And I know it's. I I'm, I want to say Madden, just in all like heck, who wouldn't be who in all of Chastain, right? Uh, and wanting wanting it to be as long as possible. But I don't know. Yeah, like hmm. certain scenes like that where she. You know, you know, continues to talk the character. It could have been cut down uh, a okay. lot. So I can I can see that. I mean, I disagree, but I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I, I really love that's one of my favorite scenes in the film is that final speech. What I wish they would have cut out is the kind of epilogue of her being visited in in jail. Uh, oh, because well, that I, that I loved. <laughs> see, for me, uh, I think what they were trying to do is make sure the audience left with this feeling of she is a good person. Like look at look at what she's done. Look at what she's giving up. Look at what has happened because of this. And I and I get that, but I got that from her performance 
throughout the film. Like I didn't need that extra bit of like, hey, you should like her. She's our she's our main character. And I get that she is a complicated, uh, ethically challenged character for sure. So a lot of audiences might have been like, I don't know if I like her at all. And they need that last scene. But for me, I mean, not like it was a bad scene. It wasn't painful to watch. But I was like, if this if this film ended with her speech in the courtroom and it's faded to black. I would have been fine with that, even if we didn't really know what happened with the bill, because to me, that became less important than her finally taking a personal stand. Yeah, see, and that, and that I disagree with you with, uh, David, because I, I enjoy that last scene. I think it, 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 uh, it provided one of the movie's best lines, uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the callback to her sleeping. And uh, I, I forget the line exactly. I should have written it down. But but she essentially goes like, you know, after uh, you know, after doing all this, now I can now now I have a good night's sleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like yeah, she 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 did it all to jeopardize her career just to get a good night's sleep. I think is what her her main you know wrap up is, which I think is hilarious. Like she has to like uh, in order to bring down you know the bill and win. Essentially, she has to destroy her herself. I mean her her career. Uh, so I yeah I, right. I, I I liked it. And she finally gets a good night's sleep in prison. Yeah. So you know that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that is definitely an enjoyable line. I like that line. I like how it's written. Uh, but you know, like you said, we all have like kind of different opinions of where things can be chopped up and things can be shortened. Like I, you know, you wanted to shorten the speech that I loved and I wanted to take out the scene that you love. So that's, that's <laughs> perfect. Um, so we also talked about kind of the twists and turns of this movie. And do you think anyone in the audience was fooled by like her having someone on the inside? No, that, that was the one twist that I saw coming a mile away. I knew that was happening. Uh, I, uh well you know uh, uh then but but then I'll get to a twist that I had no idea was coming or I was stupid enough to not see coming but no the <laughs> but but the Alison Pill one I saw coming like just just her uh, that that scene like before she jumped over and she called Alison Pill and it cuts off before you hear the rest of the conversation of course like they were talking about right uh you know Pill being and and in uh, a mole so yeah that was you know that was. I saw that coming my way, like I just said. So yeah, uh, it's it's not as smart as it as it thinks it is at some right. points. Yeah, this, this movie, <laughs> which which is fine. Again, you know, plot is not the number one thing uh, uh, that I love about this. So yeah, but but hey, but one twist. I, I, I'll tell you this: one twist that really got me, and I, I of course you know uh, didn't see coming because I'm an idiot. Was the twist where uh, Sloan reveals Esme's. Her backstory, all like live on air. Marcelo, if you're an idiot, then I'm an idiot too, because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and and I love the line in the script that kind of points to it, where she says, "You know, you're a public figure. You're always on camera." Before she goes out and pulls this stunt, and I, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course she's going to do that." But totally took me by surprise too. I I think at that point I was like with Miss Sloan, like I was kind of on her side. But then that was like a big point in the movie. Where she, I after that I'm like oh I don't know what this character is going to do next like I don't know where the line is mm-hmm. I think it's a great moment in the movie and you know n- now I think about it the audience I saw it with I think they also gasped a bit during that moment so I don't feel that bad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh, I, it's it's a it's a great moment because like she just moves she keeps moving the line and and that's just us as an audience have to be like okay how how far can we go with this character and another another moment I loved in the movie. After Esme, uh, after, like right, before, right after like the 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 attempt on her life, when when somebody tries to kill her, 
And then, and then Esme asks Miss Sloan, you know, who knows? You could have hired that gunman to kill me. <laughs> and then, I, and then in my head, I was like, oh, m- maybe, m- maybe. <laughs> it's like we don't know. Like they never really clear that up to right. where you, yeah, you're, you're not sure, okay? And that's a testament to that character. Like I, I, I don't know what she's capable of. So right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's what makes that character so interesting. Is that. You know, you're not necessarily thinking that, but when Esme says that out loud, you start going like, oh, well, maybe, you know, the fact that you don't immediately say, well, that come on, she wouldn't do that says a lot about that character. And it's, it makes a really interesting protagonist when we have someone who is involved in an industry that is fraught with ethical challenges and fraught with, I mean, just out and out lies and deceit. And we're supposed to kind of go with her. And it's, again, a testament to Jessica Chastain that for, I would say, like 60 to 70 percent of this movie, you are with her. And you're like, yeah, she's doing the right thing. I trust her for some reason. But then little little bombs like that get dropped and you're like, well, wait, like, how would I feel about this character if that were true? Because that could be true. You know, and even if you go through the the scenes that are happening at this congressional hearing, where you have Mark Strong's character saying, you know, I didn't let her, you know, use these uh, use these little cockroaches to go spy on people. And then you find out she did like she kind of went behind his back and made sure that happened. And so you're torn. You feel like, oh, she lied to him and we really like this character. I don't know how I feel about that, but it got the job done. So you're I think as a viewer, you get you get pushed and pulled. And if you like I said earlier, if you have a lesser actress in this role, I think Miss Sloan would be an easy character to to despise. Yeah, yeah, because that scene with with Esme and and Miss Sloan when they're they're at the airport and Esme is confronting her. It's like just just, you know, Chastain's performance there. Miss Sloan, like Miss Sloan apologizes for, for what she did. But, you know. Chastain, she 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 portrays like a a like at least like another layer behind that you know apology where I'm, I'm like what is she thinking like there's always like in every scene she's in there's always a a, mo- a moment where I'm like what is she thinking like there's there's something going on in her head like she's always thinking like well like the character says like you know, you know a one step ahead she wants to play that trump card uh, at the exact you know perfect moment so oh and and one thing I wanted to bring up uh. Uh, is it's interesting to see this a few weeks after the election, Ooh, and I, yeah. I, you know, you can't you can't help but think about it because it's it's politics, it's right. it's in D.C. It's the it's the gun lobby. I think Chastain, uh, Hermes Sloan, is an interesting figure. Again, I don't know how this would have played if you know the other person won the election, <laughs> but you know, in, in the time we are now, <clears throat> uh, as as this was, as this was happening, especially after that that whole. Uh, 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 revealing Esme's backstory live on air, and just and then after that, like like everything she did, I kept thinking about uh, that phrase: "If they go low, we go high." And how Miss mm. Sloan just does she does not follow that. At all. No thanks. Like if, if, I'm like, good. No, if yeah, like <laughs> like if if her opponent goes low, she goes like even lower, like right. like uh, like underground. Like that's her way of thinking, and that's proven at the very end of the movie when. And she does like she basically destroys her her career. She 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 uses those you know, those cockroaches, those uh, those surveillance devices. She breaks the law just to win. So right. yeah, that yeah, it's it's an interesting way of of, of seeing politics now. Uh, just yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, just the the uh, the the things people have to do to win. I guess yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Good. Uh, yeah. So Miss Sloan, like, I don't think it's going to be on any top 10 lists uh, as far as complete films, uh, but definitely, definitely one that I would recommend seeing. Um, so, uh, before you head off, why don't you tell people, uh, one more time, maybe how to, how to contact you on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J. Pico. Um, I, <laughs> I, my, my catchphrase on my show is, uh, is, uh, for follow me on there for classy Jessica Chastain pictures, which is, which is <laughs> funny. It, if you don't follow me on Twitter, do it and you'll see I'm, I, I'm kind of obsessed is the wrong word but i i'm a fan of chastain like i said she's my favorite actress but yeah if you want more of that and I, oh also i have an article i guess segueing into my website i have an article on chastain and her debut film jolene on talkfromsociety.com uh yeah i i, I want to make uh that the beginning of a monthly series where i kind of dive into her filmography so yeah i'm i'm, I'm a bit of a fan nice. uh and once you're on talkfromsociety.com, go to the podcast section, listen to uh, our podcasts. Um, like David said, I mean, hey, what you're watching? It's, it's, it's a pretty good show. Me and Matt Curion talk to guests. We basically go through what we've watched in the past week. Pretty simple. We have fun. So, yeah, and we'll listen to all that, read all that. And, yeah, thanks, David, for having me on. No problem at all. All right, so we're going to take a little break and then come back with Brit for Fangirl Fixation to talk about what comes out next week. This is Chris Maynard. I'm host of the following films podcast. Every week I discuss a current release with one of the creative forces behind the film. Whether it's Giles Nutkins talking hell or high water, Leah Thompson discussing her work on Trouble with the Truth, or Jeremy Sandy chatting about his work on Deepwater Horizon. You can find our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you find podcasts. Even better yet, you can go to followingfilms.com, check out our latest episode, get some film news, reviews, and all sorts of goodness. Uh, that was my son, Jacob. He says hello, and he really wants you to check out the show. All right, we're back, and I guess I lied. Uh, there is no fangirl fixation. There's no fangirl. Because uh, Britt and I got distracted last night and didn't record, so I'm recording on Monday morning. So, uh, But there are three movies coming out this week. Uh, some good, some not so good. So I'll go over those really quick and then uh, we'll end the episode because I have no one else to talk to. I'll try to let you know what I think Britt would say because I think I'm pretty good at that usually. So our first movie that we're talking about is Collateral Beauty. So Collateral Beauty has an all-star cast. I mean, Will Smith, Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, Michael Pena, Helen Mirren, Naomi Harris, Kira Knightley, like just everyone you could imagine uh, and this movie looks like a big pile of shit, uh, and I have, like, zero interest in seeing it. Uh, I think every time I see a trailer, which, which is often, I tend to groan out loud, and Brit tends to laugh. I don't think Brit has any interest in this either, and if she did, she'd have to go see it by herself. So that's not going to happen. I mean, essentially, it's the story of a man who has a tragedy and starts questioning the universe by writing letters to love, time, and death. Uh, and, of course, love, time, and death show up. Uh, isn't that quirky and Oscar Beatty? Yeah, I'll pass. Thanks. Not seeing this one. Our second movie is the big, big release this week, which is Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, uh, directed by Gareth Edwards and starring Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, Ben Mendelsohn, Forrest Whitaker, Riz Ahmed, uh, and of course, Mads Mikkelsen. So this is also a great cast, but this is also something I really want to see. Um, I didn't think I'd be super excited for this after seeing episode seven, uh, I liked episode seven, but I wasn't wowed by it. I, I thought it had a lot of good things and it had a lot of things that we've seen before from the Star Wars universe. 
But this particular story, the story of, you know, getting the the plans for the Death Star is something I've actually always been interested in since I heard them talking about it within the Star Wars movie. So it's kind of cool to be able to to get to see this story. And Britt, of course, is a big geek, so she's on board with this, I'm sure. We have our tickets already. We are ready to go see it. Um, yeah, I mean, this looks like a lot of fun to me. This looks like a a dirtier, like grungier uh, Star Wars, which I really like. I think sometimes the thing that gets on my nerves about Star Wars, especially the the newer films, is they look so pristine and they look so perfect visually that it doesn't the world doesn't feel terribly lived in. So this will be an opportunity to see like a kind of grittier version of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of watch these movies in sequence too, considering that. You know, this is a newer movie, but an older story. Um, so so we'll see how that works out. But uh, but I think it looks really good. And, and early reviews look really good. People are really excited. Of course, it's Star Wars, so they're always excited. But, you know, looks good. I'm, I'm excited for this one, too. But, of course, that's not what we're covering on our show. On our show, we're talking La La Land. Uh, and this might be a challenge for me to go see because uh, they're having another one of those weird release schedules where it's like out in five theaters and it's out in 200 theaters and then maybe it'll be out everywhere by Christmas. But even if I have to drive to San Francisco, if I have to drive an hour to an hour and a half to see this, I am seeing this movie this week. I am finding a way. Uh, it'll be another thing trying to find a guest uh, to be on the show because uh, Mike being in Kentucky, where they didn't even get Miss Sloan last week, they probably won't get La La Land early. So but La La Land, I mean, this is the movie I've been looking forward to all year, uh, starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Uh, it's directed by Damien Chazelle, who directed Whiplash. It's, you know, the basic story is it's, it just says on IMDb, a jazz pianist falls for an aspiring actress in Los Angeles. So not much there to go on, but it just looks like one of those old school Hollywood musicals. And it's a love letter to film. I mean, I can't wait. And I, of course, I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together are utterly charming, uh, which we will talk about uh, later this week when we have our episode on Crazy Stupid Love. And I could not be more excited for this movie. I'm honestly not sure whether Brit is excited for this movie or just excited that I can see it and uh, stop talking about how excited I am about seeing it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't wait. Uh, this is this is a movie that's getting all the publicity as far as the awards. It's kind of that and Moonlight, which is another great movie. So I'd like to finally be able to see it after hearing about this for months and months and months at all these festivals and all these openings. It'd be nice to see if it really is that good. Uh, so that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. All right. So that's it for this week. Uh, next time you hear my voice, I will be doing an episode with Andrew from the AB Film Review talking about Crazy Stupid Love. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you watch. I've been doing this podcast stuff for like two years, mm-hmm. and I, I edit, produce all the podcasts. So yep. anytime, anytime I can do it and not have to worry about oh, editing, right? Or releasing it. I love guesting. Yeah. Like yes.